Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for av geeks and non-av geeks alike. We tackle anything related to airlines and sometimes beyond. This week, let's talk about Wi-Fi, shall we? You mean the uh, mythical beast they pretend uh, they offer on airplanes? Well, that's how we all know you're a Southwest flyer, Dave. <laughs> uh, you mean it's not the same everywhere? No, it's not. And with Delta announcing free Wi-Fi, the differences between airlines continue to grow. We'll talk about all that today. All right, let's thank our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by MedJet, the membership service that gets you home if you're hospitalized while traveling. It also offers security and crisis response through their MedJet Horizon membership. We'll talk a bit more about them later on. So, Wi-Fi. Sounds like a great opportunity for me to go back to the beginning on this one. No, no. Please, no. Well, we have to go back before we can move forward, Dave. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a bad excuse for you. Just The uh, year was 1991 when oh, a company no. called AirCell was founded. Well, all right. Let's stop you there because there was no Wi-Fi in 1991. No, but that's where the story begins. But really fine. We can skip ahead. <laughs> Wi-Fi really got started around 2000 with connection by Boeing. It has an X in there to make it cool, just so you know. Noted. So this was actually a, a pretty impressive early internet option. Um, but the U.S. airlines that were involved pulled out after 9-11 because they were broke and needed the cash. Uh, British Airways and Lufthansa did actually move forward with it. I think maybe ANA, too. There, there were a few of them. Um, but in the first flights were in 2003, and it worked, but it never really worked economically. The prices were high, starting at 10 bucks an hour, going up from there. Um, it was expensive, bulky, all this stuff. So the uh, service was shut down in 2006. Oh, ahead of its time. Meanwhile, <laughs> another company called Aircell decided to do something different, avoiding expensive satellite technology. Okay, Dave, we're going to have to turn this one back to when you were just a baby. <laughs> do you... Do you remember Airphone? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> those little seat backs, you know, the individual yeah. phones, you can make calls and whatever for like $1,000 a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this, uh, but, you know, you are old and remember it better. <laughs> Thank you, child. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> so Aircell applied for and won the right to use a chunk of bandwidth to provide internet to airplanes. Uh, just like with all radio frequencies, the feds have to dole out different spectrum pieces to different vendors to use. And Aircell was able to use the towers that dotted the U.S. to provide airphone service uh, to deliver Wi-Fi over this band. So that's when GoGo was born, which you've probably heard of. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had the first uh, commercial flight with GoGo was in 2008 on American. It, and it worked like a cell phone. It would just hop from tower to tower as the airplanes went by. Uh, yeah, we still can't use mobile networks on an airplane, but I digress. Yeah, that's a different topic, and <laughs> I'm assuming you'd rather keep this story shorter based on yes. your earlier reactions, so <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah, let's keep it moving. Okay, this new product was called Air to Ground, and it was slow, so slow. It also ended up being stupidly expensive. I, I seem to remember paying as much as like 50 bucks for a flight across the country 
if I remember this right. And the problem was with these towers, there was just a fixed amount of bandwidth. And as usage started to climb, uh, they couldn't handle it. So they jack up the prices. So they were really trying to actively stop people from using the system because <laughs> they didn't have enough bandwidth to support it. Uh, and so it got expensive to try and keep that down. It was crazy. But but look, it was something. And it occasionally worked well enough to do basic uh, internet-y stuff. Uh, oh, as long as you were over land. Because <laughs> over water, no towers, obviously, in the water. Right. So big problem there. <laughs> Well, multiple big problems. <laughs> not not just the no worky over water thing. There was uh, there's not enough bandwidth to do anything like what you'd be able to do at home. Um, it just it wasn't easily expandable, and so when demand grew, it became less and less functional. Uh, that does not seem like a winning combo. Nope, but it was a start. Eventually, GoGo figured out a more efficient way to use the ground stations to squeeze more out of them. They called that system ATG4. That's air to ground, by the way. Uh, but it was still always going to be limiting. They were just trying to squeeze blood out of a turn up there. Okay, so back to the satellites. Uh-huh, yep. So there was uh, row 44, which promised to use satellites just like connection. Uh, but it was going to use existing satellite networks and then make it cheaper. Uh, and I, I found this old LA Times article from uh, 2009 when it launched uh, and they gave some interesting numbers. Connection required a million dollars investment per plane. Uh, row 44 was only 200,000. And row 44's equipment weighed about 150 pounds, but at Connection it was 1,000 pounds. So with it weighing so much less on row 44, they could also put it on domestic narrow-body aircraft and not just the big wide bodies that could handle all the extra weight in different ways, like with Connection. Sounds like a win. Did it work? <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. The company went live with Southwest in 2009. <laughs> it remains Southwest's primary provider today. <laughs> Though Southwest is finally adding another vendor. But, but yeah, the, the slow Southwest Wi-Fi, that, that's the, the row 44 stuff. All right. So it didn't work. Got it. <laughs> it was a good idea. But it, it never really was able to keep up with demand. Um, and, you know, it seems to fail more often than not on southwest like i don't even try when i fly southwest anymore uh they've they've even done upgrades and they're doing more now but i still find it doesn't really work very well right so that explains uh why i think wi-fi doesn't work yes but let's also not forget that this did enable some other interesting stuff for entertainment like you know how southwest has that uh, free live tv you can stream yep yeah so that's a part of the system um if you think about it so internet that requires upload and download. That's a lot of bandwidth, right? There's a lot of data going both ways almost constantly. But just beaming a static TV show down to an airplane, that's nothing. That's mm -hmm. easy. Uh, and so a lot of airlines have started doing that. And then when airlines realized that everyone had a Wi-Fi connection on the airplane, they were like, oh, hey, we could just use these other systems and put a server on the plane, load it up with movies, and then people can access that during flight. And it doesn't use any bandwidth. It, it's just what's internal to the aircraft um and kind of like using a remote hard drive but i should note these are actual like certified systems it's not like someone just grabbed a server and threw it on an airplane here sure i mean you know uh, uh, being able to watch uh, a live soccer game on a on a morning flight is very nice agreed except for the soccer part but uh, but tv was a good advancement for sure but you know it doesn't matter people still wanted their internet and someone had to figure this out and we'll talk more about that 
after the break. So, Dave, we've been talking about our sponsor, MedJet, for quite a while now. And did you know that this year they just did their most expensive transport? Travel and Leisure even wrote about this. All right. How much? $199,000. Yeah. Uh, Someone slipped and fell in Malawi and didn't want their hip operated on there, so uh, Medjet got them moved back home to Chicago. I mean, to be fair, I don't want my hip operated on anywhere, but if it's necessary, right? probably nice to be home. Uh, and it's pretty amazing, though, that a $99 membership can save you that much money. Uh, Medjet paid for the whole thing. All right. So annual memberships are only about $300, too, so that's, uh, that's still a bargain. Yeah, yeah, you know, they say they're a get-me-out-of-here membership, but seems to be uh, seems to be true. Yep. So there were some really weird ideas out there in the early days as a way to make internet free for travelers. JetBlue had an airplane called Beta Blue, where it offered this like tiny slice of bandwidth that it got uh, to passengers for free. But it basically would let you email and text or something and that that was it like basic communication and it never really went anywhere as far as i know i think it was only on that one airplane uh yeah that's like giving someone a a taste to get them addicted but then not have the product to sell once someone was hooked i feel like you know a little bit more about this than you're letting on dave this is concerning nope okay let's just keep it moving just gonna put that in the back of my head but yes, it sucked, is the point. <laughs> I actually flew it once. I flew it from San Francisco back to Long Beach back in the day, uh, and it didn't work at all. So I at least couldn't get addicted then. Um, but, you know, anyway, whatever. That was this like, random moment in history that is forgotten at this point anyway. All right, fine. But all right, let's, when did Wi-Fi start working? <laughs> Has it started working? This is like an existential question. What does it mean, Dave, for it to be working? No, they... So, all right. So, everyone started to settle on this idea. The only way to really do this was satellite. And they just needed a lot more satellites up there to be able to do this. Not just for bandwidth, but also for coverage. Um, There are different kinds of satellite bands that they would use there was some use ka some use ku who's the best row 44 uh use ku and then uh, newer entrants went into ka in the end though it's like all right we just need the bandwidth and a lot of satellites and whichever one's better i don't really care just which one's going to get me the interwebs all right sure whatever yeah so travelers don't care um so the the big winner in this was viasat which makes satellites and that Viasat was actually a partner of Boeing's back in the connection days. Uh, and in 2011, it launched Viasat 1, which gave it a lot of coverage over the U.S. Uh, it's launched more satellites since then. So it's expanded coverage and bandwidth and all that. Uh, and when, when they started with this, the idea was to provide Internet to rural areas where there wasn't uh, you know, any hardwired internet access that they could tap into. Uh, and so then, you know, they eventually expanded into in-flight coverage. And it was magical and fast and good. Kinda, yeah. 
<laughs> it launched in 2014 with JetBlue, and JetBlue stunned everyone by making it free. Uh, and it worked. It worked well. I, I remember using it back when JetBlue flew places I could use the airline. And <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Like, even on a short hop, it was great. You could do all kinds of things that seemed like a pipe dream before. Yep, I remember this. Uh, but if it worked so well for JetBlue, why didn't everybody else use it? It took time. I mean, there are a lot of things. You know, you could say that, for example, one thing is that the bigger airlines, like an American or United or Delta, they need a lot more bandwidth than little JetBlue. They also need more coverage. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, they had already worked with some of these other providers to install Wi-Fi. So they had the antennas on their airplanes, and all the antennas are proprietary. So for GoGo, when you had the ATG stuff in the early days, that antenna was on the bottom because it pointed down. Uh, but, you know, when you needed to do the satellite stuff, like row 44, which, uh, by the way, was bought and is now, after a couple of name changes, it's it's now part of Anuvu. Um, so it was on the top, pointing toward the sky. You couldn't just redo it. So it was a lot of work. You had to pull airplanes out. You had to spend money, all that kind of stuff. That all sounds like a pain. Yeah, it is. So it just slowed things down. But we're finally, we're getting closer now. Uh, even Southwest announced it would start using Viasat for new deliveries last year. Oh, that's a Christmas miracle. Uh, no no question in my mind that Southwest remains the airline with the least functional internet across its fleet. So this is a big development. Um, it, it may be hit or miss elsewhere, but Southwest has been so behind. So even when Southwest is moving, that's when you know that things are starting to, to really stick. So does this mean uh, everyone will use Viasat now? No, but Viasat's the one making the headlines. Uh, that's the one that enabled Delta to announce it would make Wi-Fi free to all SkyMiles members on board starting, uh, well, <laughs> tomorrow, the day that we record this, February 1st. Uh, but there are others. Uh, there's uh, So GoGo ended up being bought by IntelSat. There's InMarsat. And I hear Cranky Sat will be launching soon to take the world by storm. Mm, yeah, sounds like a promising development. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to bounce signals off all the space junk up there. <laughs> I think it's going to be great and cheap. <laughs> uh, and there are also the existing big entertainment providers who do Wi-Fi. Uh, some maybe would argue that they're doing Wi-Fi at all. Uh some better than others, but uh, Panasonic and, and Talus. You probably love Talus because Talus is the one that provides Spirit with its Wi-Fi. I'm surprised you didn't use them on your, uh, your mm, yeah. trip to Bourbon Town. Yeah, I was busy sleeping off the hangover. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Uh, are there any actual new entrants doing new things here, or is it just uh, is this the end state? Well, there's one everyone's heard of, whether you want to or not, uh, SpaceX's Starlink. Sure, they do airplanes now. Well, they're trying. They're getting there. Um, the thing about Starlink is that it's low Earth orbit. So uh, while it has really low latency because the radio frequency doesn't have that far to go, uh, it still it requires a ton of these little satellites. And so they just keep launching them, polluting our skies. But, you know. Yeah, definitely some controversy there. Well, it's Elon Musk. If there wasn't controversy, would he bother? <laughs> Good point. But are are any airlines actually using this? Uh, with JSX, which they fly those those little thirty seat uh, jets around within mostly California and Texas, uh, and Hawaiian both announced they would. And for Hawaiian, it's really smart because satellites 
they're generally positioned to give maximum bandwidth over their most populated areas. And so while there is coverage for Hawaii, uh, that's not where you're going to spend your hard-earned money, millions and millions launching satellites to focus on covering the vast Pacific. Um, so, you know, for them, this is good because Starlink is supposed to have everything scattered all over the place and should be able to do it. But is it flying yet? Not at Hawaiian, but it is at JSX, apparently. Uh, as I understand it, they had their first airplane up and running in December. I, I haven't heard anything about reliability or anything like that. Uh, Hawaiian said it would start in 23, so can't be that far off. Uh, and there's also Air Baltic in Latvia has contracted with Starlink. So it's starting. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But these are all pretty small airlines right now, so there's not like a big proof of concept here of massive use. Uh, we'll be sure to try it the next time I'm flying to Latvia. Thank you once again to our sponsor, MedJet, the membership service that gets you home if you're hospitalized while traveling. It also offers security and crisis response through the MedJet Horizon membership. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Cranky Talk, let us know. Email us at advertiseatcrankyflyer.com and please remember to leave us a five-star rating. This helps others find our podcast. Is there like a certain number of five-star ratings that if we reach, you'll stop begging people? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell number? the I'm not going to tell the people that though. It's in the oh. thousands. How about that? Oh my if we, god! How about this? If we get a thousand five-star ratings, I will stop. I will stop asking. <laughs> How many do we have right now? We have the three. Fifty-six ratings. <laughs> oh, look at us. Yeah, so, you know, not that We're bad. We're almost there. <laughs> All right. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, tell us. It's not hard. Just email us at info at crankyconcierge.com. 